And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Back Set Podcast, a college football show with me, one of your hosts, Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Warburg, and my co-host, Patrick, a.k.a. Mr. Fusion. Greetings and salutations, football fans. It's, what do we call this? Is this rivalry week? This is hate week, baby. Let's go. Hate. This is where all the hate flows. Indeed. Iowa gets a few Google four trophy games, which is crazy, but this is national hate week. And of course, it's Iowa's least favorite, like in terms of rivalry intensities, probably their least one to end the season, but a cool tradition nonetheless. So on tap tonight, we've got some week 12 kind of recaps from our two focus teams. Obviously, I'm in Hawkeye gear. Fusion is in Texas gear. That should give you a hint who we follow individually. So we'll go over their, their games from the last week. More so probably on Texas than Iowa's. There's not much really left to say until the Big Ten title game. Um, as Now that's a lock. Um, we've got some stuff, some Im- some injuries impacting the CFP. Obviously, Jordan Travis, chief among them. And then a brief update on the Jim Harbaugh and Michigan uh, stiff with the Big Ten uh, as they have now stood down. And I'll probably, probably just start there because it's the quickest thing. Um, so right after we recorded the show, the next day, uh, they, they basically came out, or might have been the Friday of uh, the Maryland game, where they were just like, yeah, we're, we're not going to fight it. That was when the coach got fired because the NCAA was like, hey, here's our evidence. You sure you want to fight this? So the court date didn't happen. They reached a settlement, which was really, yeah, we'll take the three games and not make a stink out of this. And yet the NCAA punishment will also still be coming down the line. So that was not a shock to either of us because I don't see how they could stand up in court if it because it was a hearing to go to trial so number one they'd have to get past that hearing and then have a trial the season's done by then and you got to go through discovery in that process that's bonkers to try to do versus the conference and the ncaa i think the other big thing is is that the pete thamel posted this there was evidence that came out during like that the days leading up to what when we recorded the podcast last week that there was evidence that was pretty much circumstance not circumstance but like confirming what happened and michigan's involvement right obviously this coach was let go because of some connection to that i think the other thing is this idea this person this this i don't know booster or alum uncle t the jokes were just awesome it was Come great on. i mean, I mean it, it only it, it took reddit like 15 minutes to figure out who right. it was too and that was awesome right. as soon right. as they put that up there everyone was like no wait it's this poster we know him like we've got links yeah. and tons yeah. and tons of links to crazy wild shit he has said defending connor stallions as though he knew him like it right. was awesome and of course, yeah, the the Uncle T comments, people, you know, finding various different Uncle T's at all the different big name schools. Uh, it was a good time. Right. But it, it feels like the resolution on that is largely wrapped up. It's really going to come sure. down to uh, the NCAA's formal notice of allegations and then yeah. Michigan's formal 90 day response. Or is it 60 day? Uh, I think it's 60. Yeah. Six, sorry, I'm a I work in a bank and we have a lot of 90, 60, 30 day regulations. It's. It's a lot to remember. Um, so it, it feels like the NCAA, I mean, if the conference gave him three games, I don't think the NCAA is going to look too kindly on it in terms of Jim Harbaugh specifically. So remains to be seen, but definitely I wanted to update that given the focus of last week's uh, intro as well. Fair, fair. So other than that, Fusion, for let's focus on games that actually played. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with the Longhorns, man. I mean, 
that was a very tough game for three and a half quarters. Put it like that. I mean, I give credit to the Iowa State defense. They went into Ames at night, and everyone, you even made jokes about, you know, the voodoo that happens there at night. Especially but for Texas. Like, they've had problems Texas, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was I close. They it, miss, Iowa State missed a couple big chances. Yeah, there were there were a couple of really big chances that they could have they, they could have flipped the script on the game there. But I mean, here's the thing: is that I really liked what I saw out of the defense. Uh, C.J. Baxter had a hundred almost 120 yards rushing. Um, I Texas is going to be okay. The big thing, the big problem I have coming out this game is like I had mentioned this in the podcast. They had to blow out Iowa State, and I'm not saying it's the end of the world for Texas, but they're hanging on the thread right now in terms of like being that fourth team in the college football playoff. You know, we've, we've got Ohio state, Michigan, we've got, you know, Oregon, Oregon state. And then, you know, next week with the conference title games, all that, a lot of this, the picture could change so much more over the next week or so. But the problem I have right now is that it's going to be really hard to justify a Texas team with one, one loss if the tables ran by Texas and Florida state and Florida state being through not, not, and the other, um, variable if louisville runs the table they're they're leapfrogging texas right now based on who's in front of them if they get a top five win texas doesn't have a chance for another top five win you know what i mean yeah like they don't have another chance to like it's, seriously it, impress the voters and it really screwed texas by oklahoma losing back-to-back games to kansas and okie state i was talking with a friend of mine earlier tonight and i i will say this with texas they run the table and you know that they should, they, and you know, I was watching both game day and the noon kickoff crews talk about this last week, and it just really seems like no one has confidence. This was before the Jordan Travis injury. I want to state this. This was before the game when we they talked about picking out, you know, if the cards fall, there's all these teams with either one loss or undefeated who gets in, who stay, who gets in, and who gets left out. They weren't very confident at that point of Florida State, even if they were undefeated, being that fourth team. They just didn't have their confidence because it's the ACC. They've struggled at times. And then Texas has that win. But then again, LSU was a top, what, top three team when Florida State beat them to open the season. It's like we're punishing. And, you know, when I heard a couple of people say, well, that was at the beginning of the season, just like Texas's win over Alabama. They shouldn't be punished about when that when, when that major win took place, right? We shouldn't punish them for that. That all said, though, I find it very hard for Texas at this point. I think they're kind of they're not circling the drain, but I really think like it's going to be hard, especially with Bama the last five weeks just destroying teams, nipping at their heels. If Bama beats Georgia, shit's going to get pretty interesting. It yeah, really it, is. there could be quite a bit of chaos both this week and then in Champ Week as well. You know, obviously this week we have the game, so one undefeated is going down. Florida right. State, I doubt they will lose because Florida also lost their quarterback. Graham Mertz broke his collarbone, and he'd yeah. been playing fairly okay. You know, not a game. He's a he's a game manager type QB. He's not a game breaker, but Florida didn't really need him to be that, and they could have a competent enough offense. Like they kept up with Missouri. You know that that's no fluke, and then they lose their starting quarterback. They just they're just not built to absorb that. So I don't think they're going to give. Florida State a challenge, which really comes down to the Louisville game. And you throw in Jeff Brom against a backup QB, I'm going to lean Louisville on that one. And then, of course, if Alabama beats the SEC, you know, presumed champ and number one team in Georgia, because Georgia, they're in, I think, win or lose. Uh, it's just as good as they've looked. So then it, it comes down to, okay, what one-loss team is going to be 
out because okay, there's only so going to be if in that scenario there's only one undefeated left and that's going to be the game's winner right and assuming they beat iowa in the big 10 championship game right and again that's not entirely written in stone but it's it's already etched they're they're getting started okay. on that etching but so well you, you just blew my mind talking about you're saying that if if bama beats georgia next week because i also georgia i want to is... say i don't see washington beating georgia oregon a second time that's that's the tough thing too is but then again they barely hung on against Oregon State. And Who's Oregon a very State good and, team. And they're playing Oregon this week. So that could be a situation where Oregon gets upset. I'm now, it's entirely I'm not, possible because it was in possible. the rain. You know, they had a couple of drives. Like, they had a chance at the end. Oregon State did. Right. It didn't go right. their way. They had a chance. And, you know, this time it's a real rival. It's the last, maybe the last time they're going to play Oregon. Right. It's at home, right? Uh, or is, it in, in is it in Eugene? Okay, so it's in, it's Eugene, in Eugene. But still... Road game, last time against your main, you know, in-state rival. Crazy things can happen. Right. So, I don't, I'm not banking on it, but it's possible. Right. So I, what we're looking at is just we're priming up for two weeks of utter chaos because there's going to be posturing by coaches, Harbaugh included, because no matter where he's, they stand with the punishment from the NCAA like he's going to be positioning himself to be that if they win they they sh they're in no matter what if they lose they should be in because they were hovering around top 3 all season you just said Georgia is in regardless if they lose I believe to Bama so next unless week. it's a massive that, blowout that that blows my mind because if you're saying Georgia's in if Bama beats Georgia next week Very. Bama should be in right and Bama sh if Bama's in Texas has to be in that's, that's where not, that's our, that's where it comes well, down to eye see? test. Like we were saying in the pre-show, Texas, if in that scenario, which again, we're talking how many variables deep in this equation yeah, in this scenario, some. but if that if that indeed happens, cycling in specifically on uh, Georgia, Alabama, and then the Texas of it all, sure. In that scenario, and then assuming the game's winner also beats Iowa, they're in, right? So that leaves one slot. Texas would need massive style points to stay ahead of Louisville and to stay ahead of the winner, Washington, Oregon, assuming because at that point you're either getting an undefeated or as it currently stands, a one loss team with a top five victory. Both of right. those teams, winner of Washington, Oregon and Louisville, Florida state, that's a top 10 win to end your season in your conference championship game. Texas is only going to play most likely Oklahoma state. They need Which to absolutely beat their doors off. Right. Like, yes. you need to leave Mike Gundy catatonic on the sideline. Right. Trying I mean, to that beat has, the brakes off him. They have they have to go to Dallas and put a statement game out there. They have to be. No matter, even if it was, and I won't be real with you, if Oklahoma, is a, if it's a rematch in Dallas, they still have to blow the doors off of Oklahoma. Like they, yeah, because Oklahoma has fallen down the rankings, and I think they're a little generous at 13 for Oklahoma myself. I think so too. Dylan Gabriel's that an LSU. Well. I'm like, really? You're really trying to make that Jaden Daniels thing happen? If you got LSU yeah. at 14, well, they want to they they want to justify giving him the Heisman, which they which, all want to give. Him the Heisman. You could absolutely give it to him without them. Like ahead, Arizona, Oregon, and Iowa should all be bumped up a line. LSU should be at 17. I think everybody'd be happy with that. I think Oregon. I mean, Arizona should be above LSU and Oklahoma. They're so I, they're I, playing I, so damn good right now. Man, and I was talking about this earlier. Had this been next year. We would be talking about Arizona out of nowhere making the playoff. Hell yeah, and could, and could cause like they have a really good run game right now, and I they could really cause problems in the playoff. That's, Absolutely, I mean, 
it, 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 the problem is, is that the problem is next year, that football team may not be there because they can't afford it. So Yeah, dude, like imagine <laughs> if it's the 12 team next year, look at that. Like we'll, yeah. we'll kind of get into some wider uh, college football playoff reactions here. Um, number one, I want to say uh, go Hawks, the final and forever big 10 West champions going to Indy beating Illinois, dude, number one, uh, Phil Parker is nominated for the Broyles Award. If he doesn't win yep. it, melt all of the past awards down. It, they mean nothing if if he doesn't win. Lost Jack Campbell last year. Butkus Award, easily the best linebacker. Incredible player already in the NFL when he when he's actually getting to play. I, I, I haven't watched much Lions of late, but earlier in the season I was watching a lot, and he was like, shit, this dude's a rookie? Fuck. And... They lost their starting defensive tackle, who was an All-Big Ten talent, projected first-team All-Big Ten type player. You have a new outside linebacker, Nick Jackson, who has never played in your system. Cooper DeGene just went down. You're starting, you know, a guy who hasn't played in a year at the other corner, Jamari Harris. He missed a whole year. And then he was suspended three games, so he had to start a freshman for three games. What's their yard per play right now? And they've been on the field, remember, more than any other win team with a winning record, Iowa's defense has been on the field an order of magnitude more plays. What's their yard per play right now? I'm going to say it's two points. Oh, no, no, seven. nobody's really crazy low like that. Everybody's a couple yards higher than you're thinking. Okay, so in the fours? I'm... That's most people are in the fours. Okay, 3.7. It's 3.99. And you know what last year's was? I think they finished number two in all total defense. What's that? Four. They got better on defense. In terms of a yard per play, which is, I think, the only way you can pro appropriately gauge plus points per game a team like Iowa in because they play so many more defensive snaps than most other teams that win. Sure. You know, they don't have they're not winning time of possession in almost all their games. No, without without Phil Parker, that team would not be nine and two. Exactly. Right and if he doesn't no. win the Burles Award, what yeah. are we even doing? He's never won one fusion. He's been the consensus kind of everyone knows. Yeah, he's the best defensive coach in the country. He's never fucking won the Royals Award. Are you kidding me? That's absurd. I mean, didn't Will Muschamp win one one year? Sounds I, right. I have to go through their past past winners. I, I was focused I, on the I, defensive I, guys, but yeah, yeah, like ah, it's it's crazy if he doesn't win. But uh, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out about Iowa, um, yeah. as well as potential as Kirk Ferentz Big Ten coach of the year. I don't know. People are saying, um, but back to. Uh, college football playoff reactions and what i was gonna to get back to our 12 team point right sure. so you're going so you, you know now you're adding all these teams you're adding seven more teams right so right. but realistically everybody mm -hmm. in the seven through 20 range or five through 20 ranges potential could make a 12 team playoff right now right i think less so notre dame because of who they have left um and obviously as an independent you don't have that game you know, left to really give you that late season bump. And, you know, and teams that aren't in championship games have a little bit less advantage or not, depending on win loss and, you know, how things shake out AP wise and, you know, with the CFP. But like, imagine a team like Oregon State getting in as the 12. Because the first guy, the first couple teams, they'd get a bye, right? I think so. I think so they'd be playing the, the four. Before, probably. Something like that. I have to look at the bracket again, but they're not getting the top team that first round, not yeah. right away. Imagine you're a team like, hey, you're having this great season. Maybe you're maybe you're a little banged up right now because it's the end of season. Oh, who's your first draw? You got to play Iowa's defense. I don't care that it's at home. That's fucking hard. That's a hell of an ask. 
because Iowa always gets better as programs like Iowa, traditionally Utah over the last stretch of time, though not this year. Obviously, they don't have a quarterback. You got to play a team that gets that much better in season. And beyond Cooper DeGene has been remarkably healthy on defense. Oh, damn, that'd be scary. I mean, when you, you, you're you stacking, when, just now you, you stacked up Iowa to Utah. Here's the thing, though, is that Iowa has, I mean, I'm sorry, Utah has a pretty decent uh, offensive set of players. Iowa lost, they, they don't have, they lost their training quarterback. They lost their top two. Yeah, tight I'm ends. talking like, specifically this year, but I, I think traditional yeah. Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa ha- hovers around that 10 to 15 mark under sure. much of Kirk's tenure. All of a sudden, that's a lot of low seeded playoffs, and they're, they could absolutely pick off a team or two. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's going to yeah, be because, so much fun with a 12 team. Because you look at Arizona, who. And right, yeah, like right now, say, Arizona, they're so they, fucking hot. He, oh, here's the, here's the Here's the resume. They lost to number seven, Washington, when they were number seven by a touchdown. They got lost by two points to USC the next week. And then after that, the, the next couple of weeks, beat Washington State number 19, beat Oregon State number 11, beat UCLA number 19, beat Utah number 20. Like, they have been rolling off. And they win rolled win. Utah. Yeah, they rolled Utah. And so, I mean, they rolled Washington State as well. So, I mean, the only one out of all those was that Colorado game, which just, I don't know, that was just an ugly game altogether. But, like... Like you say, Arizona could come in there and face a team that can, like, I mean, let's just say like a, a Washington. Yeah, know? that just struggles with Florida. getting stops at times. And they, at times, they, they're going to be wrong. They, they're a very, very good D. And they've been masking a, a lack of. They've been masking a true running game all season, right? And then all of a sudden, here comes Arizona and just like goes old school football on them for four quarters and beats the, you know, makes and then, it a and game. And then all of a sudden, they got to press, and anything can happen when you're. Asking a college team to do that, even with a veteran like exactly. you know Penix, like, and then here's the other factor we're also not thinking about with NILs and scholarships and stuff. You you know, come playoff time, some of these players, I mean, some of these teams may look a little different because players may be going into the draft. You know, yeah. like, I mean, let's just say and even this is... one step further, you've got juniors right now who could go now, but you you as a coaching staff can say, hey, stick around one more year, unless you're a first ballot first round guy, go. Stick around. We're gonna we got a chance at a natty next year, right? Because you got teams like Iowa's got a couple juniors like Luke Lachey. He could go. Maybe he's a redshirt sophomore. He would absolutely get drafted. He doesn't have a lot of tape, but just physical skills right. alone. And he learned at Iowa. That dude's getting drafted. But he could absolutely. I believe he will, just because of the tape issue. Come back, and that is a dangerous weapon. And you take that on to all these other teams, those borderline draft guys that would just go in the past and everyone would be like, hey, go get paid. Now it's like, hey, you can get paid and you can fill out our roster. You're deeper. You're more experienced. You know, you, you can sustain injuries better as a program, even for a developmental one. And all of a sudden that 12-team field looks way more balanced, way more filled with parity if you can keep guys on campus. That's going to be awesome if they can do that. It's oh, so man. it's it's right around the corner, man, and it's so close. It's so but close. You know, we're thinking about the now and like given that we're ending this four team playoff with probably one of the most difficult situations. Yeah, like, like we said, there's so many variables. There's so much yeah. up in the air right now. Right. Because I mean, not not just this week, but next week, going into next week. You know, yeah, like, like it would have been like, great if Alabama had stumbled one more time. Right. To make to to like they're out. You know, we have so few high end two loss teams. I mean, one through basically 
eight, and then you kind of skip nine because Missouri has two losses. Like, there is an outside shot of all the dominoes falling. I don't think Louisville will. But there's a chance. But I don't think it's likely. They're, they'll cap out at five if they beat Florida State. Made probably six. But, like, there's a chance. Like, there's so many variables, one through seven, of if this happens, this happens, this happens, and but, all these you know, other things. You, it's it's wild. You mentioned it earlier, though. Louisville may end up at, like, let's just, like you said, they beat Florida State. They end up at six or seven. But Louisville is going to make a case that they should be in based off of their wins this season. They yeah, have to, right? They, they should. Beat, they beat number 20 Duke. They beat uh, number 10 Notre Dame when they were ranked number 10. Like, I mean, at this point, and then a number three Florida State to win the title, like, the conference title. Like, there's just... Like, like I will I say, just, on paper, that's a better resume than Texas. Yeah, no, you, I, you know, you're not gonna, like, I think I'm Texas would be a better team, right? And talent in terms of what they did on the field. You know, the committee it always is weird with how they work these rankings, and they first start with just kind of those ordinal, hey, this is what we think, and they tighten things up, maybe change a few things on the low end, and they still haven't changed much in the top end yet, beyond the f- swapping. I believe it was Florida State Washington this year or this this week. Um, yeah, Washington's up in the four for the first time. But it's and it's also kind of been easy for them because they haven't had to. Because everyone's kind of status quoing for now in terms of the very top. So that's this weekend is going to cause some chaos, but it's champ week that's gonna get wild. Right. That's gonna be nuts, especially and if it, my Hawkeyes can yeah. shock the world. And you know, it's frustrating because those two back to back losses by Oklahoma hurt Texas. Oh, they that killed really... that, that that killed it. Yeah, I mean, like, had Oklahoma went ran the table and both faced each other again, the the Oklahoma would have been in the top five, and that would have been a whole different thing. But it just, yeah, losing to Kansas and then to Okie State, and then Okie State just looked really bad last week. They're it, so up and down. Yeah, like it's just it's really frustrating because you know Texas is doing what they need. Like for the past three or four weeks now, people like Longhorn fans that in my community, like my groups are all like, Hey, a win's a win. I'm like, not in college football. It, that shit can work in college basketball and other, you know, pro football. That's not how it works in college football. Like there's a reason why Alabama blows teams out all the time. There's a reason why Ohio state does it whenever they have an opportunity. Georgia does it whenever they can, they blow you out because they need to have that on the resume when the committees look at these things at the end of the year. Like this is a perfect situation because Texas is going to be left out if they run the table because they had way too many close victories, like way too many close victories against U of H against TCU against, you know, Kansas state. Like these, these weren't, these weren't blowout games. Whereas Alabama has been blowing the doors off of everybody for eight weeks straight now. Like, it's just like, I mean, and I, you're not going to have an argument with me like, Hey, Alabama, they could be in, but I'm going to say you're right. But if Alabama gets in, Texas has to get in, in my opinion, because of that. But then you create this whole issue of that's two spots and then all these other teams that are going to be at the top. Like there's just too many layers to that. But like, I wouldn't be shocked if, and I, I normally cheer for Michigan most years, right? To beat Ohio state. I'm cheering for Ohio state this Saturday. I really am. Because, I, think, I think most of the country is. Yeah. I want Ohio state to, to win. Which is weird. Yeah, right. If they do win, I think the committee is not, and the AP are not going to be favorable for Michigan. You're going to see them drop probably like to six or seven, man. Yeah, they don't Even want they don't want to slot Michigan no. as the three or four. Nope. 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 And this is their justification that Michigan had a weak schedule all season, and then they lose their one big game. 
outside of that Penn State game, which wasn't exactly a blowout victory by Michigan, right? But like their schedule's been light overall, minus two two games. Yeah, you lose that game to Ohio State, you're gonna they're gonna drop them down to six or seven, and they're gonna be like, all right, problem solved. And that's and the committees are vote are are going to quietly be cheering for Ohio State on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. They really are, man. They really are. It they makes don't their want lives a lot easier, right? And if 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 Georgia, you know, situation should be for Texas. Georgia blows the doors off of Alabama next week. Ohio State wins, and then they beat uh, Iowa next week. Washington just wins the big, t- big the Pac-12. I think at that point you say, okay, well, if Florida State loses to Louisville, then Texas is like, hi guys, I'm here. Yeah, you that's know? the that's the avenue for them, and I think that's that's, that's, yeah, that's indeed not unlikely. Uh, I yeah. do think Ohio State is a much more complete team than Michigan right now. Travion Henderson coming back changes that team because right. they were relying on a kind of cobbled together passing attack. With McCord is a perfectly fine Big Ten quarterback, but he is not going to put the team on his back like Stroud or past Ohio State quarterbacks and just sure. have those Heisman moments. He's just not a Heisman QB. And that's not even an insult. Like that amount, that number of that QBs is so incredibly small. It's hard to put into words and context because there are 131 teams. There are only in a given year, what? Four or five guys that are like, yeah, they're going to have a Heisman moment with regularity, be yeah. that consistent. And that's a that's maybe generous some years, right? This is a weird year because of all the super, super seniors with the COVID stuff. COVID but, stuff, yeah. you know, like that's not that's not always going to be the case. And McCord may develop. Like Ryan Day is a very good coach. What is, I, I should have looked. Is he... A, is he a sophomore? Is he a freshman? He's what? a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Right? He's got a couple years. He's probably not going to go to the NFL until he's got a good year, unless he has a great junior year. He'll, you know, probably end up as a backup in the NFL, which is that's a great career. Are you kidding me? You don't have to worry about injury, and you get paid millions of dollars. Um, who's the kid out of Georgia last year? The Bennett. The, the Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. I mean, you could kind of stack him up to Stetson Bennett at this point in terms of like, yeah, like I think compare, Stetson had a little more. Hey, I'm going to go just ball out moments you know in terms of what i have watched again i watched more georgia actually than i have ohio state and i'm a big 10 guy that's 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 fair because there were leadership moments that he showed that he was also an older guy like again yeah mccord may get there physically and emotionally you know with his more experience and time you know last year it wasn't his team now it is so he may get there and it's great having the, the security blanket that is marvin harrison I mean, they didn't. He didn't even know he was going to be the guy this at the beginning of the yeah, season. Nobody so did. It was a total toss-up, right? And you know. Then, so, and I, yeah. you got to trust Day to develop a good QB. He'll be much better next year with another off-season of hey, you're the dude development. Yeah. Uh, and Travion Henderson being healthy, best running back in the country right now, in terms yeah. of hey, ball in his hands right now. Pick a dude, not career stats, season stats. That dude with the ball in his hands, that's a scary dude. But then again, Michigan on the other side has two really, oh, absolutely. really good running backs. And but you look at Henderson coming back, what Ohio State has become since he's been back. That's a team that looks like they can roll anybody but maybe Georgia. Now, I'm going to say something. Watching that Maryland game, I was cheering for Maryland. Oh, I wanted game. it. Except the, ter- uh, the if not for the turnovers, the turnovers they had a chance. God. But here's the thing is that Maryland did something that, uh, you know, they did something really – like to the benefit of college football, they exposed a lot about Michigan in that hey, they don't have. They a almost great... lost to Illinois last year before the before the game. Illinois sucked last year. What I mean is they don't have a great receiving core. Michigan. That that is true. That is their because one offensive. 
because well, as, as they as they struggled in times with the run, they did at times with the run because Maryland was able to key in. They were not going deep. They they were they most teams would say, okay, well if you're going to bring seven to the box. We're flinging it out, and you're going to have to play track with our receivers. And that's where the better teams always expose the lesser thans. And they couldn't do that against Maryland. So I'm like, okay, I really th- and Ohio State has a very good defense from 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 the front, like from the trenches all the way to the back end. That's where I think that Michigan, I mean, that Ohio State has the advantage over Michigan. I really Indeed. do. Because is, I think is we'll title this segment. We're going to talk the game. The right? game. Let's do it, man. Yeah, so that's the big game of the week. Obviously, it's two versus three. Right. Um, I think uh, right now it's one of our pick'em games as well. Michigan is picked by three. They are the home team. That's generally the points the home team gets, which means sportsbook. This is a toss-up. Right. Watching the teams as much as as I I didn't even shouldn't say as much. I've been watching more of the Big Ten West just because that's where my rooting interest lies. But just what I've seen on film and some some analysis I've been watching and reading. It just really feels like Ohio State has peaked, whereas Michigan is not. They have some weaknesses on offense that I think Ohio State's defense can exploit. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ohio State is that great defensively in terms of incredible play, but I believe they are tied with Iowa for yards per play. Mm-hmm. So if they, at, at number one, I think Penn State's right up there too. So that means unless you're able to break the game of on the edges, they can muck it up on defense and make you slog. Michigan is built to do that because they have a really good run game. They've got stable of backs, really good offensive line. But their Ohio State has more, I think, better athletes than Penn State did, and they're not going to be get away, able to get, a, get away with running, how many was it, 35 times in a row? They're not going to be able to get away with that against Ohio State. You're going to have to throw the ball. And I, if they do, like you said, the receiving core is not as great as it has been. Is right. J.J. McCarthy that dude that can right. go make his receivers better? Because to me, it's more Michigan's been able to do the thing that Penn State never did. And Iowa also struggles with this, scheming dudes open, right? It's not the quarterback throwing them open, it's... The, the scheme, the routes, the pick plays, and, yep. you know, the dragging action and the play action, you know, the quick game and the slants and all these things. Are they going to be able to do that and turn that on in a way they haven't had to all season against the number two team in the country? Right. I don't here's see the other, Here's the X factor. It's supposed to be 30 degrees and it's supposed to be snowing. So... Yeah. That what that what does that mean? I mean, if you're a football fan, you know what that means. You, it's going to be really hard to throw the ball, which means the team that can really push the line and push, the, you know, on the and and that team, I it? would say that favors Michigan, right? But but they, they get, Henderson, Henderson is playing better than anybody in the country right now, and he is fresh, right? right. He is hitting those holds hard, right? And he is so fucking fast. Yeah. Man, if he he's gets on big. the edge, he's, well, he's gone. Big. He's, he's big and fast. Like, so, I believe yeah. I was, I can't, was I watching cover three or something? Like, dude, shades of eight college Adrian Peterson right there. Like, that is some high praise and not entirely wrong. I mean, that's that's a lot of high praise, man. You're talking about a guy who I watched carve Texas up dude, for 197 he, yards. He in was a game so where good. That was, that was low scoring. They, I, they combined was like 25 points total yeah. points, right? 
And like he had 190 yards rushing that game. Yeah. Like he was just a game breaker, that, a true game breaker uh, at running back. I don't think we've seen in a bit. Like as like, hey, you can win the game by yourself as a running back. Christian McCaffrey did that. I still will. I still have nightmares sometimes about that Rose Bowl. Oh my god, it was awful. But he was so good. I Anderson would, I could was, be that dude now that I he's will healthy. Say this. When you look at Quorum and Edwards, they do. Then, and I'm not trying to dismiss them because they are excellent. Oh, they're running excellent backs, running backs. But, they're great. But the thing is, is that they do have an amazing offensive line in front of them, right? The weather is going to play a factor. Didn't they have in a couple guys too. go down a little bit against Michigan? They're a little banged um, up, yes, or Maryland? Maryland? They're a little banged yeah, they, up. They're banged up on the offensive line. Didn't sound line like right season now, enders, but no, you no. wonder will um, that affect depth in the second half? Right. So I really, I, I. Like we said, it's 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 a draw here uh, with the odds makers. Technically, um, I'm I'm going Ohio State, man. I really am. I'm going Ohio State just because when I really look at the two, I think Ohio State has the a slight advantage in overall defense. Um, that game against Maryland opened up my eyes a lot in terms of Michigan because Maryland was basically daring, like they were daring them to throw the ball. They were like, hey. We're just going to keep running eight of the box and we're going to make this a close game unless you beat us on the edges. And they weren't flinging the ball around. They just weren't. Yeah. And I'm not, they I'm just not don't have the, they just don't have the scheme for it. Yeah. They're not built. Their offense isn't built for that. They, it's not built for that. Yeah. Like so, I actually view this game from a little different perspective to put, you know, okay. to maybe not put the final point on this, but sure. which of these two teams would I want Iowa to play in Indy? I want, I would rather they face Michigan. I agree. Because Iowa's defense can put the lid on anybody, and if they don't, if they you don't have to worry about the lid, whoa, that that's a scary thought. Like Penn State, yeah, thirty-one nothing. They also got gifted basically three possessions, right? Well, really, I think two. It was a while ago. Two, the fumble by all first quarter drive killer. Penn State gets it inside their own thirty, I think, right? And if they'd have been able to put points on the board, Iowa, that changes the game, right? Just that side. Oh, and then the muff punt. Hit the back of a gunner. And, oh, there's another one inside the 30, right? Here's another touchdown for you. And from there, at that point, it was 14 nothing. We're going to absolutely just pound you until the defense breaks. And they did in the second half. Michigan is closer to Penn State in terms of what can they do offensively that will stress your defense, which is the core of Iowa's team. Ohio State can stress you in so many ways, especially without Cooper DeGene, that... Iowa just wouldn't be able to keep up. I think if all the cards broke right, Iowa would be able to play better against Michigan. And that's partly why I'm going, I don't think Michigan can win this game. I I think Ohio State's going to be able to get up for this game, have that emotional intensity. And you wonder, does the kind of psychology of like the, hey, our team kind of threw up the white flag on the the suspension stuff, does that seep in? To say, hey, we're not, it's not us against the world anymore. We're not fighting this. Does that seep in to the coaching staff, you know, to the players? That's another X factor in this that I don't think it will affect it, but it's going to be in the conversation and in the air around the game itself. Definitely something to definitely something to watch for me. Oh yeah. I think I think for me the the X factor is Marvin Harrison Jr. If he can game. break one or two plays, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And the, I mean that's that would be Next week, like you said, obviously for me, Mich- uh, Michigan facing Iowa 
that gives Iowa a, a chance in the game, you know? You're not much. I'm not oh, saying I'd pick them. No, 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 but... no, no. I'm just saying, like, it gives them a, a fighter's chance versus if it's Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr., This is that would be a prime game for him. To yeah, get, you don't have on Cooper a, on a really good. Nope. On a really good de- – now, don't get me wrong. Iowa's a very good defense, but what I mean is, is that – I can, and more than likely, what would be happening if this does happen um, next week is that Ohio State keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Eventually, Iowa, Iowa gives in. You know, like they just break. Yeah, it turn into a route in the second half. Yeah, I think that's. But I think that's what we're going to see on Saturday as well. Here is that I think that as good as that Michigan defense, as ta- no, let me clarify, as talented as that Michigan defense is and should be. I think Ohio State's going to keep pushing and pushing. I think that 2021 defense was better. They don't have an Aiden oh. Hutchinson right now. Oh, uh, they don't. No, that was just that. That defense. dude destroyed Iowa by himself. Right, right. And remember, that, that um, game was 10-0 at halftime, and then it turned into the or 10-3 or something like that. It was like it was actually fairly close. And then right. it just didn't feel like it. And then the doors blew off in the second half. Like, right. and they just don't have that dude on defense that's going to break the game and keep them in it. By putting enough pressure on the off- Ohio offense, like I said, I, I I feel Ohio State now. If it turns out the two running backs can go off on on Ohio State and have a great day, I'm not going to be shocked by it. But I really think when I look at the two stacking them up, it really feels like this is the game where Ohio State is overall the slightly better team right now. That they're like you said, they're peaking at this point. Okay, this is this is this is it. And they got that edge to prove. They've lost the rivalry games to them. They got this is their prove it game nationally yeah. to say hey we deserve this number two we're better than them and we're going to beat them in their house yeah and then michigan's got the drama of coming off of that that narrow escaping of maryland and then the coaching saga all happening all at once i think it finally catches up to them here this week yeah i agree yeah. all right so let's move into our pick them yep, we've got this. five we'll games obviously we just talked the game which means we have four more to do before we do that though a little brief rundown of the leaderboard um so fusion is in the lead at 42, he took the lead last week. I got a little greedy with some picks. Um, Five and oh, baby. Indeed. And I went three and two, so Fusion picked up two games on me. I'm at 41. Gamma is in the lead for our uh, fan group that to win the wood burning. He's at 40. Eddie's at 39. And then it's a gap to Shadow and Less at 31 and 29, respectively. Eddie and Gamma. Man, that's a dogfight, guys. Oh. Eddie so also close. went 5 and 0 oh last week. Yep. Yep, it should be a really fun week. Here is what we have on tap. Three Friday games, two two Saturday games. And quick note, NFL should get the fuck off for Friday. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, get off. Dumb. Like, you are trampling your own free minor league schedule. Stop doing that. It's dumb. You're also going to give it to Amazon, who's going to inundate your fans with Black Friday ads. It's going to suck to watch. Oh God! I just thought about that. Like it's going to be nonstop. It's gonna be prime, terrible. Prime what are you doing? Commercial breaks nonstop. Your oh, product is perfect as it is, minus yeah. the new addition of the Thursday night football games on Prime. The schedule's perfect. You have nailed it. You have. It's like trying to make new Oreos. Maybe you should just stop. You've perfected the thing. Stop. They all, it's like it's like when college football is like, hey, we're going to go to Friday nights every week. No, you're getting in Look, the way dude, of high school football. What are you are doing? Both, we're both nerds, but we're huge sports fans. We both can say this. Thursdays are for NFL, Hell right? Yeah. Black Friday, Black Friday is for college football. Absolutely. Right? Christmas Day is MBA, right? 
I'm tired of these leagues trying to find ways to push out of like what works with fans. It's like, guys, we can only only watch so much sports. We have to go deal with adulting. We have jobs. Like we have to go shopping. Like you're talking like, what you we you gotta bet you gotta give cut us some slack here, guys. So when I see like the NFL, like we're gonna give y'all wall to wall football, it's like don't. And you only have that many teams anyway. Like just keep it on Thursday. Yeah, we don't want. It's just one. Is it just one NFL game on Thursday now for actual Thanksgiving Day? I think so. I think it's the night game. Yeah, because so it used the, the double header was to, the thing. We used man. to have. We used to have the. We were guaranteed the Lions. We were guaranteed the Cowboys playing games. Right now, everything's gone to shit on Thursday, and I'm just I'm frustrated by that because yeah, it's just it's it's a it's an I, I get people people may tell me don't be the old guy, you know. Yeah, it's just Cincinnati at Baltimore. And no, wait, no, that's that's, that's 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 the Thursday schedule for last week. Sorry, I'm on the wrong week. Yep. No, there is three games. And then there's the Friday game. Ah, yeah, it's but it's 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 that Friday game. Washington, Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle. Okay, Seattle's first time hosting. They added that third game a couple like years back. That's fine, okay. But Black Friday is for college football. Let them go out there. You had your day on Thursday because everybody eats, watches pro football. Cool. Fridays are for everybody to get the fuck out of the house and go watch college football, right? Like that's the thing. It's like, come on, guys. But for them to put a Friday night game, it's just. Uh, that, that yeah, does and it's at two o'clock. Me. Like what? Yeah, You're well, not even doing then, the evening matchup. Because well, the evening they don't want us because it's Texas and Texas Tech. Yeah, but like it's it, again going back to the adulting conversation. Most sure. places are not off on Friday, right? People go back to work on Friday. But if and if but if someone is off, they're more than likely shopping on Friday. Exactly. Like, like it's just a weird thing, and the college football yeah. diehards are going to watch anyway because it's a more concentrated audience. Right. In terms of the fans for their teams, but they're they're not expecting. They don't want to pull in the NFL numbers because well, there is a reason why college football. There's a reason why college football doesn't put really big bowl, like really high profile bowl games on Christmas Day because that's the NBA's like yeah, unofficial. They don't want to go against season. it. Right, it's like New Year's you know, Day is their day. Yeah, or exactly. It used to be, but less yep. so now. But like, it just it it really irks me that the NFL did that, and thankfully, it's not going to really interfere much with. Iowa, Nebraska for me, because yeah. number one, I don't really care about Miami, New York anyway. Not exactly an interesting matchup with New York falling off the wagon, but sure. I mean, at 2 p.m. on a Friday, the, what the hell are we doing, NFL? It, that's, that's a weird one for me. Um, but back to the pick em. Sure. So, Iowa, Nebraska, the Heroes game, right. a corporate forced rivalry game in terms of trophy, but it was, was going to be a rivalry game in terms of the fan bases. Our states don't like each other. Right, there was a whole thing on the college football subreddit about the corn wars over the year, over the summer. One of my favorite uh, college football subreddit spats. It was awesome. Um, number sixteen, Iowa. Number seventeen in the CFP uh, takes on Nebraska in Lincoln uh, at eleven a.m. on CBS. I'm glad CBS picked up that game. I'm sure they're real happy with it. <laughs> I guess it's going to be a disaster. What's the line right? Like twenty-seven and a half or something like that. Uh, it's real uh, low. Let me go back Nebraska's, to ESPN's book. Nebraska's a- Two and a half. To, yeah, twenty six and a half under. It's worse than the Rutgers game. Right. Like that is. Oh, that is rough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean Iowa because I just don't think Nebraska is gonna be able to play that game clean. Iowa wants to prove it. Like, hey, last year was a fluke. We lost Cooper DeGene middle of the game, and the defense faltered. This year, we have time to prepare without him. We're a little deeper in the defensive backfield, and their turnover. And Nebraska is turnover prone. 
not as much as last year, but they turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, I think Matt Rule's gonna he's gonna have some transfers come in next year. They're gonna be a slightly better. Yeah, but... they're a better team than last year, especially yeah. under most of Frost for the year. But uh, I think Iowa wants to end the year with a rivalry win for sure. I get and what this is uh, Brian Ferenz's last regular season. Game. Yep, it's his last regular um, season game without wearing any Hawkeye gear now because he's in the all black. Yeah, uh, so I think I, I'm picking Iowa here. I just think that you know when I look at the defense, I think they can they can really hold down Nebraska, and yeah, that's, I, I'm going with I'm going with the Hawkeyes here. Okay. Well, uh, next up we've got a game that unfortunately collides with the NFL, the ABC broadcast. Nice to see Tulane and UTSA getting the ABC national broadcast. The Roadrunner. Dude, you remember that? So last year, just for the audience, I went down to Austin to hang with Fusion for a few days. And one of the games we watched was UTSA, that wild finish from week one of last year. And you have I, UTSA. Oh, yeah, oh, I've man. watched a few games of theirs off and on. And the line is pretty tight. It's two lane by three and a half at home, over and under in the 50. So it should be a really fun game. Like, they're both 7 and 0 in the American right now. Like, it should be a really fun game. And I'm, I'm excited to, for the audience nationally to get to see Tulane uh, kind of put on a show. So I'm going to pick Tulane at home. Okay. Uh, I think that line's a little unfair to Tulane. Uh, I also went with Tulane, and I think the big reason why is I think the Jeff Trailer stuff to A&M is causing a bit of a distraction with the players, with the yeah. Roadrunners. Um, he's been asked about it a few times now in the past few days, and he's he's not really denied it. Uh, so I think that, I think like I said, I think it's it's a little bit of a – a lack of focus by UTSA. Now, they, 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 don't get me wrong; they, they're a good team. That's you know they came up, you know they just showed up out of nowhere, kind of like Texas State, and became a bowl team pretty quick. I, but I think I think the Mean Green is it the Green Wave. They're the Green Wave. The Green sorry. Wave. Mean Green or North Texas. Uh, the Green Waves will win this game, but it's going to be a fun one. Seven zero in the conference, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean. it's a great it's great end cap to the American season. Right. Um, do they have a championship game? I don't know, honestly. I have to look up their 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 conference construction. Excuse me. Whoa. Uh, of course, our next game is Fusion's team. Uh, the potentially last time they play Texas Tech at home, six thirty mm-hmm. ABC. I believe the current line is twelve and a half to Texas. Obviously, we're both picking Texas in this one. In DKR, beautiful weather. It's going to be a nice night, sixty-five degrees. Yeah, you're back home um, from Iowa. Back home from Iowa, so none of that 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 Tom fuckery going on. I'm gonna say, yeah, Texas is gonna cover the twelve and a half here. Now, I, now let me let me uh, preface that by stating, early on, it's going to look interesting. I think Texas Tech's gonna come out flinging, but Texas is just the better team overall. They're just a much better team overall. And I do have a question um, for you on this yeah. note, since we did already talk sure. about the game a bit, and that's our next pick, and we both both already said it, so we have one left. Of all the teams Texas is leaving behind. So like Iowa, we have an out-of-conference rival in Iowa State. We play them every year, sure. a trophy game. It's the state's big thing. Uh-huh. Obviously, you guys are going to be keeping uh, Red River because Oklahoma's on the schedule. But if you of the teams you're losing, who's your like, hey, we get one non-con we could schedule every single year. Who's that team? Or is there one? Because you're also I regaining would... A&M. You're, well... Now, have we confirmed that they're going to be in the same division? That might not be an a- annual thing, but like it'll be a, a frequently okay. reoccurring at the worst. Reoccurring thing, yeah. And they could potentially see each other in 
Uh, yeah, Big I don't Ten know if the SEC is ever going to get. I think they should do the protected rivals thing that the Big Ten's doing. It'll yeah. create some imbalanced schedules, but who gives a shit? It's about the it's about the if, history. If if the SEC were smart, they would they would push they would really force A and M and Texas to to schedule an every year thing because Texas Oklahoma is the big marquee matchup. But in terms of like state rivalry, Texas A and M and Texas is a marquee rivalry, you know, mm-hmm. and that should be the that should be the Black Friday game or the Thursday or the Thanksgiving night game. Yeah, and if they, you're the SEC, you get Texas and Texas A and M every year on Black Friday or that yeah. hate week game. Yeah, hate week game. Like, hey, they used to play it on Thanksgiving night, which when I was in high school and in college there, it was a Thanksgiving game where you would go and then you would like go see your family and then we would drive either back right back to Austin that afternoon or, you know, to College Station to go watch the game. So um, I'm going to say it's going to be Texas Tech because when I look at the Big 12 of all the teams that are left there, I think Texas Tech has had the closest rivalry within the state. Uh I think when you think about in-state rivalry, it's Texas and A&M. That's the number one. And then a distant second is probably going to be Texas Tech. Distant second. Fair enough. Um, would you want to see them add a – would you want to see them do like a recurring series with Texas teams? Like, hey, every year play a Texas team? I like that idea. I think it would be a really, really like a goodwill thing by by Texas plus – it gives the rub to most of the teams that are in the Big 12 because a lot of the marquee Texas schools are in the Big 12 now, like what's left um, outside of A&M and Texas. So I would, I think that would be a cool, like you do a, you do a two-year, you know? Yeah, do a home-home, switch teams, home-home. Home, home. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, I don't see Texas doing it, though, because of how mur- a murderer's row the SEC schedule is going to be going forward. So I think your out-of-conference out scheduling is going to be cream puff. I yeah, so. that's I think the unfortunate byproduct. Unless you had a baked in one like Iowa State, yeah. And thankfully, though, Apple Cup will continue for five more years, which is hell yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I say that, but you know, Texas did schedule home and homes with Alabama and Georgia, so. But again, that was when they were the Big Twelve, and yeah, they had one true. marquee game, which is Red River, and then everyone else is. I mean, I guess we'll tolerate you guys. You know, and the SEC is just a. It's going to be a nightmare. That's what worries me about Texas and Oklahoma. Like, don't get me wrong. They're very good now. Yeah. There can only be so many top dogs. You're right. You're right. And, you know, Auburn's just one of those teams that could be, that could bounce back. Florida's a team that's a legacy. Yeah. Everyone's got the fuck you money down there. Yeah. Everyone. All it takes is the right hire at A&M and shit's going to get real because they have a very talented roster now. Obviously, Evan Stewart, their top, uh, wide receiver is going to transfer out. If he goes, to, I'm going to watch him. Yeah. And I were talking, like if he goes to Texas, that's going to be such a hateful game next year. Oh. You know, when AM faces Texas. Yeah. <laughs> you see Evan Stewart on the other side with the Longhorn gear on, but there's just so many stories that can happen there. But I would say to answer your question now, since we've been on this tangent, it would be Texas tech. Like I would like to see them play Texas tech just because there have been some, some great games over the years in the big 12 with tech and, and Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you could get away with the round Robin Texas scheduling in basketball just because yeah. of the nature of how many games there are. I think, I think you could even do a Texas tournament. You know, that would be cool. The Lone Star, the Lone Star Invitational. That yeah. Something cool. like that. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, Texas, State... Iowa used to do something like that with the big four classic. I, mean, I miss Texas it. State, I mean, you have Texas State, you have UTSA now. Um, you have schools that are like, and Houston's you know, been have, really good for a long time. And yep, like A&M you got you got good programs. Team, I think I think that'd be a hell of an event. 
if I'm the NCAA, yeah. I'm like, hey, uh, what what's it going to take to make that happen? Because I think I think those we've seen many more region. Sorry to get into basketball quick, but sure. we've seen more regional tournaments. Like Iowa's playing in one in San Diego now that didn't exist that long ago. You know, like the regional tournaments are becoming a thing. I think you could keep them keep them more hyper hyper localized. You know, yeah. like a Midwest you know mayhem bracket and like a Lone Star Invitational and you know the West Coast. You know, you know name it whatever you want to. Like I think that would be a really cool thing that could kind of get them over that hump of man, you guys' early season slate sucks. Yeah. And I mean, look how much look how much the mid season I mean, the the yeah the mid season NBA tournament has people interested in basketball exactly. Right now. Like right now, people I I'm watching not just because the Rockets are a better team, but because it's like oh this tournament it sounded stupid and it got the, the players court, like in yeah the players are like we're in the mark the the courts are fucking awful looking. It's, but it's like color the, rush NFL uniforms. It's like this was brand, a bad decision. But the overall marketing and branding of the tournament has been phenomenal. The players' responses, the fans' responses to it. So, and then the games count towards the regular season. Like the way the NBA did this was very smart. I did when I first heard about it. Was like, eh, I agree with you. I think that that early seasonal stuff in baseball and basketball in college can help only help it. It can Agreed. only help it. Dude, imagine yeah. a, a mid spring classic. Inter- because, inter- I mean, remember interleague play? That was always a big thing. Yep. You know yep. because of the different rules and stuff. Imagine right. doing that, but it's like, hey, the Twins are going to get uh, the Cubs and uh, let's see, who else can we get from the, well, like the Cardinals and like the other National League regional teams, they don't often play a ton. Right. And it's just going to be, you know, like a, the Centrals will match up and have a tournament for two weeks, you know, and like the divisions will match up. That'd be fucking awesome. And I want basketball to get into stuff like that. And I hope college football doesn't go away from having marquee games like the Wisconsin Alabama game and they played LSU in neutral sites and you know like Texas played Alabama I hope right. we don't see the death of that to get back to football because right. those matchups create the season long narratives we're still talking about Texas beating Alabama like we're these the reverberations of those games matter not just in the fandom but in the actual end of season results because it gives us a better litmus test you only got 12 games you need to actually go play teams or you run into the problems. Like if Michigan loses, they're a tumbling. They're out if they lose this week. Like it creates issues down the road if you don't play anybody. And in a team like Iowa's case, conference schedule is out of your hands. You got to go find somebody. And we have Iowa State, which is an extra power five team. So it becomes an issue of who can you get and like who would want to play you because Iowa's a team you might not want to early season. So, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting problem for college football to try to solve, but I hope individual teams take it on themselves to go get good games in the early season. So That's fair. All right. Last game. Sorry for the tangent. Last game. UNC takes on their in-state rival, NC State. The line right now, let me flip over to college football scoreboard. 7 p.m. It's an ACC network game. North mm-hmm. Carolina goes to... Number 22, NC State. UNC is getting 2.5. NC State has the better record in terms of in-conference. So the road team's getting 2.5 points. I do think North Carolina is a better overall team than NC State, and they have the better quarterback. Much better quarterback. So that's why I'm leaning UNC. Uh, Going with UNC as well, man. And the main reason why is you have Mac Brown, you have Drake May. 
Um, you have, uh, what's his name, Hampton, the running back, 15 touchdowns this season. I think that as much as UNC has struggled at times, I think that they're the better team. I went through the Wolfpack schedule, and I don't really see like bangers in this in this schedule to warrant them being 22, but at least it's... At, at least some it's point, there. somebody's got to be between 20 and 25. I was like, at least there's a ranked opponent, a ranked uh, team in this game. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Tar Heels too, man. I really, you know, I know at this point, we're I think we're matched up, right? Five, mm-hmm. all I have five a games. coin flip game of here. I might change this to NC State. Okay, that's fair. Because I need to make up a point. You do need to make up a point. Um, I really think that Drake Mays, apparently Drake Mays' ankle is starting to feel a lot better. Yeah, I don't feel good about picking NC State, though. So I I think I'm going to stick with uh, UNC. I may end up changing the two-lane one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, just because I need that point before we get to champ week. And I think we'll probably call the Pick'em leaderboard next week because there's only so many games for so long after champ week because of the weird bull structures. So. so this is this is the week for for Chris and Eddie to really it's the penultimate it week, gentlemen. And then the overall bragging right of the of the pool is, yeah. We, but you know, next week could be a very interesting. I mean, we're gonna have to create a very tough slate of games next week. Oh yeah, not just. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Big Ten Georgia, title Alabama. game, Pac twelve championship game, yep. Louisville, Florida State. I mean, yep. you talk about some bangers. Less so the Big Ten one, but. I guess I'm covering Iowa. And then, I mean, what what like, what like, else is there, you think? Obviously, we're going to have some smaller conference championships that, I, that you want to spotlight because they're going to be good games, too. So we got, some, we got some stuff to talk about next week. I mean, it could be it could be Tulane again in the AAC. It might be. SMU. It might be Tulane-SMU, you know? And that would be That'd be a game. Very, Ooh, that'd be a fun you, game. But, and if that were to happen, if you flip, if you flip, well, you know, you pick Tulane as well. So, okay. So far. Yeah. Okay, so far, but that could be a flipping game. Now, yeah, man. I mean, next week could be a really fun game, uh, fun week of, of of deciding the overall. But that's where I stand, man. I think, yeah, for me, Iowa, Tulane, Texas, Ohio State, North Carolina. So yeah, three road teams this week. I think are going to win. Dude, imagine if Oregon loses and Arizona wins. I mean, you talk about chaos. I mean, if Oregon State were to win. Arizona's going to have a case to be in the Pac-12 title. If they win, they're I, in. If if Oregon they, loses and Arizona wins an in. Okay. I didn't I didn't Yeah, they I need the help. The but yeah. they would win an in if Oregon loses. Okay. Yeah, they have the, they, they don't have a head-to-head tiebreaker, but they have the I think it's their one of their tiebreakers falls to like opponent record or something like that. I can't remember this what their tiebreakers be, are. It's not as crazy very... as the Big 12. Right. But they would have. I believe the tiebreaker would go to Arizona. Yeah, the tiebreaker for the Big Twelve for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State's a little weird. I can't remember it. I don't want to pull. Iowa State's still alive. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow they are. Like it's a weird year, man. All right, but speaking of it being weird, we should probably get out of here. It's been about fifty-eight minutes. I'll make the timestamps quick before I actually upload the episode. Uh, So stay tuned for our hate week reaction next week. Next week it'll be generally more closer to our general Wednesday time because we can have an actual regular week this year. This week with the holiday, we went a night early on CFP reaction night. So stay tuned, drop the like, hit the subscribe, help that algorithm. Let us know what your thoughts are on hate week. Let us know what, let us know what your picks for the week are and anything you think we should have talked about this week. And we'll see you for week 14 slash champ week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Indeed. Eat all the pie. <laughs>